Do you want victory? You can have it in Christ Jesus. Time once again for Abiding in Christ with Jim Wood. You have to step back, evaluate the various positions in light of Scripture, and then re-engage with a godly perspective. Pastor Wood is the founder of Wears Valley Ranch, a Christian home and school for kids from crisis family situations. Jesus said, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. You can contact the program by calling 866-41-ABIDE or by visiting us on the web at wvr.org. And now, without further delay, here's your host, Jim Wood. In Deuteronomy 16 and 17, this is the reading of God's Word, set aside the month of Abib and observe the Passover to the Lord your God, because the Lord your God brought you out of Egypt by night in the month of Abib. Sacrifice to the Lord your God a Passover animal from the herd or flock in the place where the Lord chooses to have his name dwell. Do not eat leavened bread with it. For seven days you are to eat unleavened bread with it, the bread of hardship, because you left the land of Egypt in a hurry, so that you may remember for the rest of your life the day you left the land of Egypt. No yeast is to be found anywhere in your territory for seven days, and none of the meat you sacrifice in the evening of the first day is to remain until morning. You are to not to sacrifice the Passover animal in any of the towns the Lord your God is giving you. Sacrifice the Passover animal only at the place where the Lord your God chooses to have his name dwell. Do this in the evening as the sun sets at the same time of day you departed from Egypt. You are to cook and eat it in the place the Lord your God chooses, and you are to return to your tents in the morning. Eat unleavened bread for six days. On the seventh day, there is to be a solemn assembly to the Lord your God. Do not do any work. You are to count seven weeks, counting the weeks from the time the sickle is first put to the standing grain. You are to celebrate the festival of weeks to the Lord your God with a free will offering that you give in proportion to how the Lord your God has blessed you. Rejoice before the Lord your God in the place where he chooses to have his name dwell. You, your son and daughter, your male and female slave, the Levite within your city gates, as well as the resident alien, the fatherless, and the widow among you. Remember that you were slaves in Egypt. Carefully follow these statutes. You are to celebrate the festival of shelters for seven days, when you have gathered in everything from your threshing floor and wine press. Rejoice during your festival, you, your son and daughter, your male and female slave, as well as the Levite, the resident alien, the fatherless, and the widow within your city gates. You are to hold a seven-day festival for the Lord your God in the place he chooses, because the Lord your God will bless you in all your produce and in all the work of your hands and you will have abundant joy. All your males are to appear three times a year before the Lord your God in the place he chooses, at the festival of unleavened bread, the festival of weeks, and the festival of shelters. No one is to appear before the Lord empty-handed. Everyone must appear with a gift suited to his means, according to the blessing 
the Lord your God has given you. Appoint judges and officials for your tribes in all your towns the Lord your God is giving you. They are to judge the people with righteous judgment. Do not deny justice or show partiality to anyone. Do not accept a bribe, for it blinds the eyes of the wise and twists the words of the righteous. Pursue justice and justice alone, so that you will live and possess the land the Lord your God is giving you. Do not set up an Asherah of any kind of wood next to the altar you will build for the Lord your God. Do not set up a sacred pillar. The Lord your God hates them. Do not sacrifice to the Lord your God an ox or sheep with a defect or any serious flaw, for that is detestable to the Lord your God. If a man or woman among you in one of your towns that the Lord your God will give you is discovered doing evil in the sight of the Lord your God and violating his covenant and has gone to serve other gods in bowing in worship to the sun, moon, or all the stars in the sky, which I have forbidden, and if you are told or hear about it, then investigate it thoroughly. If the report turns out to be true, that this detestable act has been done in Israel, you are to bring out to your city gates that man or woman who has done this evil thing and stone them to death. The one condemned to die is to be executed on the testimony of two or three witnesses. No one is to be executed on the testimony of a single witness. The witness's hands are to be the first in putting him to death. And after that, the hands of all the people. You must purge the evil from you. If a case is too difficult for you concerning bloodshed, lawsuits, or assaults, cases disputed at your city gates, then go up to the place the Lord your God chooses. You are to go to the Levitical priests and to the judge who presides at that time. Ask, and they will give you a verdict in the case. You must abide by the verdict they give you at the place the Lord chooses. Be careful to do exactly as they instruct you. You must abide by the instruction they give you and the verdict they announce to you. Do not turn to the right or the left from the decision they declare to you. The person who acts arrogantly, refusing to listen either to the priest who stands there serving the Lord your God or to the judge, must die. You must purge the evil from Israel. Then all the people will hear about it, be afraid, and no longer behave arrogantly. When you enter the land the Lord your God is giving you, take possession of it, live in it, and say, I will set a king over me like all the nations surrounding me. You are to appoint over you the king the Lord your God chooses. Appoint a king from your brothers. You are not to set a foreigner over you or one who is not of your people. However, he must not acquire many horses for himself or send the people back to Egypt to acquire many horses. For the Lord has told you, you are never to go back that way again. He must not acquire many wives for himself so that his heart won't go astray. He must not acquire very large amounts of silver and gold for himself. When he is seated on his royal throne, he is to write a copy of this instruction for himself on a scroll in the presence of the Levitical priests. It is to remain with him, and he is to read from it all the days of his life, 
so that he may learn to fear the Lord his God, to observe all the words of this instruction and to do these statutes. Then his heart will not be exalted above his countrymen. He will not turn from this command to the right or the left, and he and his sons will continue reigning many years in Israel. May God add his blessing to this reading from his holy and inspired word. Abiding in Christ is paid for by the generous donations of listeners like you. We are grateful for gifts of any amount. You can make a donation online at wvr.org. That's wvr.org. To step out of my comfort zone Into the realm of the unknown where Jesus is In these chapters, we see over and over that God gave His people instructions about where to live, how to dress, what to eat, and certain things they were to do with the calendar, with their schedule, with their daily schedule, with their weekly schedule, with their monthly schedule, with their annual schedule, certain things that happened from year to year that didn't happen every year. But, for instance, the year of Jubilee, the year of release, all these different things that God instructed them concerning, which reminded them over and over and over of their relationship with Him. The goal here was not just that they would do these things, but that by doing these things, they would be continually reminded that they were in relationship with the Creator. I want to ask you to pause for just a moment and say, what about your life serves as a deliberate reminder to you of your relationship with God? I'm going to suggest some things. But think about it. How how do you build that into your routine? Do you routinely pray in the morning when you get up? Do you pray before you get up? Do you pray before turning in at night? Do you pray before meals? I'm, I'm asking you because I'm hoping that at least some of these things are built into your routine. Do you have a quiet time, a time when you spend each day reading from God's Word? The purpose of having these sorts of things, gathering like this on a weekly basis, coming together with the people of God, not just because, well, it's, a, you know, it's part of my routine, I wouldn't feel right if I didn't do that. Well, but, but what's the purpose? When we come together like this, one of the purposes, one of the blessings that comes from it is that we are reminded that we are not our own. We're not just blind wanderers down on this little blue marble in space. We are the children of God. We have been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. We have been adopted into God's family and given an inheritance that is awaiting us that is absolutely, as Scripture says, imperishable and undefiled. We have every reason to rejoice regardless of what else is going on, 
Okay? You can rejoice. Rejoice. So when you read about these festivals, you need to realize that on the one hand, we don't have to keep these festivals. This was for the Jews in the Old Covenant. But we should learn from them because God wanted them to set apart time and resources for the purpose of remembering what God had done for them. The, the title for this whole series on the book of Deuteronomy has to do with remembering. We must remember. When you come to know him, you don't want to forget. You don't want to forget where you were before, what life was like before. You need to celebrate what he's done. Now, there were three annual observances that all the men in Israel, and this is interesting to me, all the men were required to appear before the Lord. Now, the men didn't come alone. It says, bring your wife, bring your kids, bring your servants, bring the widow, the orphan, bring the Levite from your area. God said three times a year, doesn't matter where you live in the country, you come to the place that I designate. And they had to do that. And so there was some planning involved, and there was some effort involved. But all the men had to show up. You know why I think he specified all the men? May, may not be the only reason, but I think a lot of men would say, I'm sorry, honey, you go. All right? I've got work to do. God took a stand against workaholics right here in his word. Okay? He said, you have to take some time off. And you have to make this family trip. And the first one is no yeast, celebrate the Passover. There's some joy there, but it concludes with a solemn assembly. Okay? The other two, not a solemn assembly, just a party. God says, as we discussed last time, I want my people to invest in celebrating my provision, my kindness to them. Folks, feasting is something God ordained. Gluttony is not. But you don't have to be a glutton in order to feast. And God told his people to do this, and he said, I want you to do it three times a year. All your males are to appear three times a year before the Lord your God in the place he chooses. And then he says this, no one is to appear before the Lord empty-handed. Everyone must appear with a gift suited to his means according to the blessing the Lord your God has given you. Part of the joy of doing what this says is that you don't show up empty-handed, but you come according to the blessing the Lord your God has given you. Count your blessings. Name them one by one. This is a good thing. This is a reason to celebrate. Now, I'm not putting you under law that you all must give 10% of your income. What I'm telling you is, if your attitude toward it is this onerous thing, you're missing what it's about. The point of this 
is not that God's saying, I'm going to be tough on you. The point is God's saying, everything you've got comes from me. So I want you to be mindful of what you've been given. And that's what this is. Does that make sense? Then he tells them about how to have a criminal justice system and civil laws. And one of the things that you need is a decision maker. So he tells them to appoint judges and officials in all your towns that the Lord your God is giving you. And what are they to do? They are to pursue justice and justice alone. Don't deny justice or show partiality to anyone. Okay, I wish I had time to pursue this longer, but let me tell you short, you know, quickly. There are times when you have to settle a dispute and the person that you really, really, really like is wrong. And it's particularly upsetting when they're in a conflict with somebody who you can't stand. What do you do? You pursue justice and justice alone. You don't show any partiality. Suppose a poor person brings a lawsuit against a rich person. How much money they've got has nothing to do with it. When a burglar breaks into your house and manages to injure himself permanently and then sues you, the homeowner, because obviously he's destitute and he's got long-term health care costs. You, on the other hand, live in a nice house. So the fact that he broke in, and that's not being contested. He's not saying you invited him over for a party. He's admitting that he broke in and that it was while he was in your home illegally that he was injured, but still, nevertheless, I think you bear some responsibility because you were the homeowner and this was an unsafe situation for a burglar. We live in a country where that guy won. God says it's not supposed to be like that. God says it doesn't matter who they are. Pursue justice and justice only. And then he says, don't set up an Asherah pole or a sacred pillar because the Lord your God hates them. That was a manifestation of a fertility cult. It was demonic. And God said, your worship is not to imitate what the pagans do. I hate that stuff. Don't mix their stuff with what I've told you to do. And do not sacrifice to the Lord your God an ox or sheep with a defect or any serious flaw because that is detestable to the Lord your God. Why is it such a big deal? Because the sacrifice is pointed to Jesus. They didn't know that, but God did. And God said, don't do that. This is a picture of the perfect lamb that I'm going to provide to pay the penalty for your sins. And then God says, if you hear that somebody is going against this and engaging in idolatry, never just overlook it. Investigate it thoroughly, and if it turns out that it's true, they're to die. But they're to die on the testimony of two or three witnesses, never on the basis of one. This person says that person did it. 
the other person says, I did not. Nobody else can corroborate it. Well, then it's he said, she said. Well, then where will there be justice? God will take care of it. If a case is too difficult, then you're to go to the place God chooses, and you must abide by the verdict given there. Be careful to do exactly as they instruct you. You must abide by the instruction they give you and the verdict they announce to you. Well, what if you think they're wrong? Leave it with God. Leave it with God. Does that have any application to us? We're not Jews, you know. This is not the Old Testament. We live in a democratic republic. So, you know, okay. Yeah, there are differences, but you better please understand that what God's dealing with here is an attitude of rebellion that is a problem in the human heart. And God says that is not to be tolerated. And so a person who went to try and get their way in court and is not willing to accept the outcome, God says that's a capital offense. When you enter the land, verse 14 of chapter 17, when you enter the land the Lord your God is giving you, and you take possession of it, and then you say, I'll set a king over me like all the nations around me. How did God know they were going to do that? God knows everything, okay? God knew what they were going to do, and God said, you're to appoint over you the king the Lord your God chooses. In other words, even when they did wrong, and that would happen later in the Old Testament, even when they did wrong, God said, I'll still involve myself in the process, and I'm going to choose who that king is going to be. Please understand that if God wasn't willing to work with people who mess up, he wouldn't be able to work with anybody. Okay? Jesus is the only one who is sinless. The rest of us have all made a mess of things more than once. And God doesn't say, okay, that's it. I'm sorry. I'm out of here. Aren't you glad? But God mercifully tells them when the day comes that you decide you're going to do this. And he will say when that day comes, they've rejected me. Okay? They've rejected me, Samuel. So I'm going to give them a king. And I'll tell you who it's going to be. And first he gives them Saul. And then he gives them David. And God says, I want those kings to have to write down what I'm telling you so that they won't forget. They need to remember. And you know what? God gave them this word, and they still did exactly what God told them not to do. He said, don't go down and get a bunch of horses from Egypt. Can you think of any kings who went down to Egypt and got a bunch of horses? One of them, I think, was named Saul. Saul Solomon. Solomon, that was it. And did he have a problem with too many wives? Yeah. David had a bunch of wives. Saul had concubines. David had a bunch of wives. Solomon, he had a harem. God said, don't do that. King's not supposed to act that way. Throughout history, God has said, live like this. And we have all, like sheep, gone astray. That doesn't make God's word irrelevant. It causes us, when we read God's word, to realize why Jesus came to die. 
The way that we're saved is not by keeping the rules. It's too late for that. Doesn't mean the rules aren't good. It means our only hope is Jesus. He is the reason why we can come into the presence of a holy God and be accepted. The veil in the temple has now been torn from top to bottom. And God says, come, come. The debt is paid in full. Come, offer your life to me. I've already paid for it. You've been listening to Abiding in Christ. If you have questions that you'd like for us to tackle on the program or comments that you want to make, I want to invite our listeners to call 866-41-ABIDE. That's our toll-free number, 866-41-ABIDE. Or contact us on the web at wvr.org.